Hi. I know several people who quite recently have stopped watching the news programmes on TV. They're fed up with hearing and seeing all the bad things which are happening in our world. What from the depressing reports about climate change, the Covid pandemic, the murders of young people on the streets, wars, famines and all the rest. You know, we can try and avoid seeing it, but it doesn't hide the fact that this world is in a real mess. Sometimes we just can't understand how and why it got so bad. But you know, the reason it has is because the world is full of people like you and me. Now wait a minute, you might say, that's not fair. I would never do the things that I see and read about. But you just stop and be real for one minute. We're all capable of doing the worst of things under certain circumstances. You might want to argue with me, but my experience of life over these last 60 years backs up what the Bible says about you and me. That we're all born sinners. It's now our human nature. What we need is to be born again with a new nature. That's why we need to accept that we can't change ourselves. We need to put our faith in Jesus Christ to be born again with his spirit coming to live in us to make us more like him every day. When you make that commitment, and I hope you have, or that you will soon do so, it's great to know that you are forgiven of all the stuff you've done wrong in your life, and that your future is secure, that when you die, you will be with Christ forever. It's great to have that assurance. But so many men in church seem to think that that's it. You're saved, you're okay for heaven. And now you just need to live the comfortable Christian life that God has promised you. Can I say it again? That sadly is the message that we get from some church leaders. That you say a prayer and then I accept all the benefits, the benefits package that goes with it. We need to be clear about this. Along with the benefits and I'm not denying the benefits of living a quiet Christian life where you just attend church on a Sunday and you try your best to live a good moral life. That has its benefits. But becoming a follower of Jesus, being born again, is not just like joining a club where you pay your subs and you're entitled to all the benefits without any responsibilities. Christ died for you so that you could live for him. You know, when you make that commitment to give your life to Christ, you steadily and increasingly have your eyes opened to see what exactly is going on in this world, or at least that is what should be happening. If you've got kids or grandkids, one of the most adorable, wonderful events that you might be able to attend is the Nativity Play. The nativity play at Christmas. I love it. We all love seeing the cute little children dressed up as angels or shepherds or whatever, as we sing away in a manger, silent night. We've all become accustomed to this view, the lovey-dovey feelings that we get when we see the story performed by our children in this way. But you know, we've been sold 
And perhaps we are ourselves selling an incomplete version of what was happening on that first Christmas day. For the full picture, we have to turn to the last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 12. Let me read some of these verses to you. Revelation chapter 12. And a great sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. She was pregnant, and was crying out in birth pains, and the agony of giving birth. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon, with seven heads and ten horns, and on his heads seven diadems. His tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven, and cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, who was about to give birth, so that when she bore her child, he might devour it. She gave birth to a male child, one who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. But a child was caught up to God and to his throne. Now war arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought back, but he was defeated, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. I don't suppose you ever have seen that version of the story on a Christmas card. Yet it is the truer story, the rest of the picture of what was going on in that fateful night. This was no silent night. This was more like D-Day. Now I know to some of you listening to this, that might sound a bit far-fetched, a bit like it could be a screenplay for a new Marvel movie maybe. But as a Christian, I believe that knowing this side of the story helps us to understand what this life and living the Christian life is all about. You see, I believe that we live in parallel worlds. One world does indeed consist of hills and fields, sheep and shepherds who watch over their flock by night. But the other side of it consists of angels, yes, and sinister forces, and the whole spiritual realm. The child is born, the woman does escape, and the story continues like this. Then the dragon became furious with the woman and went off to make war on the rest of her offspring, on those who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. Behind all that's wrong in this world of ours is a deadly enemy. And Jesus came to destroy the works of this evil one. When we give our lives to Jesus and we are born again, We're not just joining a club, a Sunday club. We are called onto the front lines of a fierce spiritual warfare that is to become part of our lives and which is to blame for most of the casualties that you see all around you. What's more, you now have an enemy who wants to take you out of the battle, take you out of the war, just like he tried to do with Jesus when he was a baby. The more you try to live the Jesus way and to do the things he did, the greater will be the attack of the enemy against you 
full-on attacks or even more subtle attacks just to take you away from the front lines. You and I need to realise this and we need to get prepared for the battle that we are to face if we're going to live God's way. This is what the Apostle Paul wrote to the Christians in Ephesus. Ephesians chapter 6, he wrote these words. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armour of God that you might be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armour of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Put on the whole armour of God, says Paul. And in the next few weeks, we'll be looking at this armour that God has given us to put on so that we can stand strong in this battle that we have now entered into. Guys, if you'd like to know more about what it is to live the Christian life, you can contact me here at gareth.pope at cvm.org.uk Thank you again for listening.